that we're looking right in the middle of a teaching lesson. We're in chapter six, it starts in five and ends in seven. And Jesus expresses some simple disciplines he assumes they would already be doing, just as a part of their walk with God. And Jesus amplified every one of them with further teaching, but the assumption or expression of Christ for his disciples was. Now this is the 12, and this is the first century, and these are the first disciples, and Jesus assumed, expected, that they would be giving to the needy, praying and fasting. Now, just for a moment, those seem to be so unconnected. You know, if we were doing one of those intelligence tests where they have a whole box of stuff and you're supposed to put them in groupings, you know, to show that you're not a dodo, that you can associate. If in our box we had charitable almsgiving, prayer and fasting, those would not be like three fruits that go together. That just isn't normal in our minds unless God tells us. Well, pause for a moment and think about the implications because all scripture is profitable for us, for doctrine, showing us what's right, what God thinks is right, for reproof, showing us where we might not be right, for correction to get us on the right path, for instruction in righteousness to keep us on the right path. So this has some value. We're also following Jesus today, right? We also love the Lord today, don't we? We also see him as our master, our savior, our Lord, our king, our greatest teacher, uh, the, the one who is better than a coach. I mean, he, he possesses us. We also want to please him and do what he assumes and expects us to do, right? So think through what he just said. Compassionate giving. Jesus assumed those first disciples would be concerned enough about the poor because he was. Jesus' first emotion was compassion, primary emotion. Despite the fact there was national laws for the welfare of the poor instituted by God in Israel, more than any other nation. There was no institutionalized poverty in Israel. You had to leave huge swatches of your field uncut you only could harvest in a circle, and the corners of a square field were left so that anybody at any time could harvest them that was poor. Plus, if you had an orchard, no fences. People could walk through and eat anything in it. They couldn't take it home in a basket. They could just eat. Nobody was destitute in Israel. Every 50 years, the land reverted back to the original owner. The mortgage was zeroed out. You got fresh start. There was nationalized anti-poverty rules. So you know what the people did? They thought, I don't have to do anything for those poor people. They should be going to the corners of the fields and go walk through an orchard somewhere. I'm not going to give to you. Get out and get a job. Jesus said, no. I expect my followers to have such compassion, even though there's a national, that if they see a poor person, they're like me. They give to them. The question is, Jesus assumed that his disciples would have a heart of compassion that prompted them to give secretly, he added, to the poor and needy. I think we should each pause and examine our own heart and look if we have this type of compassion that draws us to give secretly to the poor and the needy. That's very Christ-like. Oh, we have a welfare program. Mm -hmm. So did they. And Jesus said, my disciples are compassionate. Secondly, regular praying. Jesus assumed that prayer was a part. And he said, I want your daily prayers directed toward God as your Father, and I laid out seven areas I want you to do. 
And I think we should each pause and examine our own heart and see if we have this type of need for God as our Father that draws us to pray following the pattern Jesus so clearly laid out. He didn't command it to them. He expected it. Finally, fasting. Jesus assumed that fasting was just a part of the fabric of their everyday life. So Jesus added a few reminders about directing your fasting to God and keeping it secret. I think we should each pause and examine our own heart and look and see if we've considered what type of hungering after God in fasting we should practice for this reason. And we have to go because it's one minute after departure time. Did you know when you look at the early church, at the most strategic decision the church made in Acts 13, the beginning of the discipleship, Great Commission following church in Antioch, when they began to, from the people they nurtured and discipled, when they began to, to see that there were some that needed to be sent out to take the ministry in Antioch and to spread it to the ends of the earth, in Acts 13, what do they do? Well, while they're ministering in discipleship, they're already fasting. But when the Holy Spirit said, it's time to send out our missionaries, it says that they sent them out surrounded by prayer and fasting. The early church was involved in prayer and fasting because Jesus assumed they would be.